You know what time it is No matter where you've been So let's do it again Listen up and let the sun shine And we've got soul training Time to practice what you preach Ooh, yeah. Yes we do, we've got soul training And here's Daniel, Allen, and Joe Do y'all know what time it is? What time is it? It's time for football. <laughs> That's okay. what time it is. Roll time. It's uh yeah. I don't get don't jump the gun yet. <laughs> I was don't, about don't. to say tool time. You remember yeah, that? I do remember tool uh, time. When Tim Allen would come out, or no, it was the lady Heidi. Heidi. I always liked the owl. Yeah. The owl. She would say, "Everybody know what time it is," and then it's everybody would time. say, it's "Tool time." See, I just this time of year, and I I watched a little bit of that. Uh, I kind of like Tim. But it's football time, and you know what happens during football season? Don't you? People get tackled a lot. Hopefully, in the SEC, it's a lot of defense. So hopefully, people are getting tackled, and that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to tackle two questions. I thought you meant we we're going to get tackled by these questions. <laughs> no, I, that's not the plan. We're hey, we're in it to win it. Yeah, we're, we might get tackled. Yeah, you got to be optimistic. Okay, you got to be you got to be positive here. Uh, but uh, we are going to tackle. We're on. We're on defense. We're going to tackle these two difficult questions that some may consider difficult. Um, by some of our people actually reached out to us, which is what we like. We like feedback. We like um, people to interact and engage. So they've done that with by email and text to our chief engineer here, uh, yeah, well, Joe. I'm the only engineer. But that's I'll why. Take, that's I'll why you're it. the chief. <laughs> Uh, so we'll jump into it, uh, and Joe. I mean, you, you've been on the receiving end of both of these uh, questions. Do you want to read? Sure. Uh, we're going to start out with soul and spirit. I'll just kind of give the big idea and the umbrella, and you can give the technical, poignant well question. That's what you call stealing one's thunder. I'm so, uh, but I'll go ahead and read the text that I got. I, I did mention umbrella. So. <laughs> um. I just got a text from somebody who's a relatively new listener. but Not enjo- today. Not today. Oh, okay. Not like just now, a day or two okay. ago. Well, that's what you said. But, anyway. um, but the text is from a, a relatively new listener who thought maybe uh, they've been doing some study on something and would like for us to discuss this. And it's the question is, what is the difference between soul and spirit? And why is that important? Well... You know, you're the chief engineer, and I refer to Daniel as our chief Bible scholar. But uh, I would I'd like to just read one thing. What is the soul? Um, and I'm referencing an article from someone I feel like I know, but I, I wish I would have, but the late Wayne Jackson. And he just simply says this uh, about a soul. He says, a soul is a person. Sometimes the word soul signifies merely an individual. But the prophet Ezekiel declared that the soul, for example, the person who sins will surely die. Ezekiel 18.20. Peter would write centuries later that eight souls were saved by water in the days of Noah. 1 Peter 3.20. And he says, see also Exodus 1.5. So, no pun intended. I didn't mean to do that. Soul, a soul is a person. Soul is life itself. And soul, soul can also refer to the mind. You know, as 
Also, before you answer, that's yeah. also the name of this podcast. Soul training. Soul training. That's right. We want to keep on soul no, training. No charge for that. <laughs> so we ought to have a good definition for what a soul is if we're soul training, right? All matter. But. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in preparation for this, I read several articles. I, I listened to uh, several other uh, podcasts on the topic from a wide variety of backgrounds and was really surprised at how how varied the ideas are out there about what even a soul is. And, uh, you know, so I'm, a lot of our listeners may not be coming to it from the, the same sort of perspective that, that I've always had, maybe that you guys have always had. We haven't talked in detail about this, so I don't even know for sure that we're all on the, the same page in here, so we'll have a, a live discussion about it. Um, <clears throat> part of our problem is that as we're dealing with soul and spirit and with a lot of other issues as well, is language doesn't have mathematical precision. And there's a weakness to language in that sometimes um, a word can mean something a little bit different when it's used in different contexts. Sometimes there's there's nuance of meaning, there's fluidity uh, of meaning in particular words, especially as we're using, you know, speaking in, in, in practical terms. Sometimes we use things accommodatively and use words that maybe are not, uh, if, you, if you pressed them to the very uh, literalness of their definition, aren't exactly what we, we really intended. If you drilled all the way down. Yeah, if you drilled all the way down. You know, otherwise, that, that's why... Have you ever read a, a legal contract or something, read some legal language? It's, it's so uh, awkward, but the reason it's like that is they're trying to be extremely precise and avoid the... Um, the Maybe misinformation being misconstrued. Uh, yeah, th- those things that can happen in, in regular language that makes it sound kind of uh, weird. Well, when dealing with the soul and, and spirit... I think you have some of those those things. Um, the Bible sometimes uses those words interchangeably, um, and then we have some places where it would seem to indicate that there are three things uh, being looked at, and we'll we'll look at uh, some of those. But you know, first of all, where it's used interchangeably, there are a lot of places, but just to mention a couple. Um, in the the Magnificat, as as Mary is is praising God in in. Luke chapter 1, verses uh, 46 and 47, she says, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. That's part of a poem, seems to be Hebrew parallelism, which means uh, in this case that both lines are just restating of the same type of idea. She seems to be using soul and spirit in the same way. Uh, Similarly, in uh, John chapter 12, verse 27, Jesus says, My soul is troubled. And then the very next chapter, in a similar context, he says in John chapter 13, verse 21, says that Jesus was troubled in spirit, expressing the very same idea. One time his soul troubled, another time is his spirit is troubled. And both senses, the we can kind of figure out what the body is. That's the material way that we interact with the world. And the soul and the spirit are going to refer to immaterial uh, types of things, whether it's everything immaterial or if there's nuances there. Um, so where the, the question is going to come in, you know, what makes some people think it's, it's three things? 
Well, one area that's going to come in is in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. that says, For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So that would seem to indicate that the soul and spirit could be divided. I like what you said before you read mm-hmm. that. If you go back, because I should have written it down, but you talked about there is an indication of all three working together. Okay. Is that, I mean, I was thinking that's what you said, but I, I have to go back and listen to it now. Well, yeah, they, they yeah. would all work together. Um, you know, thinking about, well, before I get that, let's let's unpack this a, a little bit more. Um the way that I have always thought about these things, and I'm not saying that I'm I'm right, but I'm going to express the way I've always thought about it. And as I have done research on this, I see that a lot of people use soul and spirit just opposite of how I tend to think of, of soul and spirit. But uh, I'll tell you why I think about soul and spirit the way I do. Uh, one is because of James chapter 2, verse 26, that says, For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith that works is dead. So death, there is a separation of body and spirit. Spirit, as we look at the, the Greek words that are translated by uh, soul and spirit, the Greek word translated spirit is uh, pneuma. You recognize that in our English words, um, pneumatic, like a pneumatic drill or other air tools, or pneumonia. Yeah, pneumonia. Pneumonia, <laughs> that's right. So it's it, it's air. It could also be translated air or wind. So I, I tend to think of that as like the, the breath of life, mm-hmm. and this is what animates our, our body. Where, the Queen of Sheba. Even I mean, if you read that one, yeah, article, that's right. She lost her breath. Yeah, yeah. I never, you know, I never that never hit me before. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just kind of blew me away. Right, um, blew you away. Blew you away. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> oh, He's not even trying. That's me. right. How about that? Um, anyway, so yeah, well done, well done. <laughs> um, that breath of life. That's that's the difference between uh, a person. That's alive or, or dead. You know, we could, after somebody dies, we could, um, you know, go in and surgically repair whatever was was wrong with them. Maybe do some organ transplants and stuff like that. But if they're they're dead, you, you can't you can't bring them back once that that uh, life is going out of them. And that's that's what I also tend to think of as animals having as well. You know, they have a, a breath of life. Any living thing is going to have life to it. That's uh, somewhat uh, distinct from just their their physical presence. And you're saying that is the... I've always thought of that as a spirit. Now, in some of the reading I've done, people call that the soul. And I, honestly, I'm okay if they want to swap the terms. So you're not talking the eternal soul. I'm not talking the eternal soul. Yeah. Okay. okay. I'm not trying to jump the gun. I'm trying to clear up some possible conclusions. Clear it up. Yeah, because yes, I, I was right. ready to pull the trigger on... On um, another section, I was going to, but since you're you're not talking about the eternal soul, so. uh, no. But that would mm-hmm. be the the next part. So the the word for soul, the Greek word is psyche, and you recognize that word from uh, psychology or psychedelic or any you know, something with the mind. Right? With the mind, yeah. that's I, right. I even you know 
I've heard over the years of my life, especially you know, from the sports, when sports psychology became a big thing in mm-hmm. the 70s and 80s, that, you know, they would talk about the psyche of, yeah. of the coach or the psyche of the player, you mm-hmm. know. So to, like your to, mindset. Yeah, your, your psyche. Yeah, that sort of has to do with the the inner man. This is this is what's what's controlling our our body. It's 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 our it's our thought. It's this this soul is you. I, I think that's that's why I've always thought of soul. Soul is is really the essence of of you. You have a body. You have a spirit, but you are a soul. Is is the way I think of it. it now, makes sense. Um, some some of the articles I've read, they sort of swap those labels, soul and, yeah. soul and spirit. Well, we shared several articles, and it seems to be there is a wide reach of beliefs out mm-hmm. there. Reach is not the right term, but there's a lot of there's a lot of different thoughts from a lot of smart people. Yeah, but I do want to ask lot, you a lot of wind out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I want to ask you about First Thessalonians five uh, twenty three which says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right. And so we were talking about this uh, two dimensions of a person, Mm -hmm. of spirit and body. Right. Well, this mentions spirit, soul, and body. Right. So walk walk me through here. Can can fear can clear up my confusion on this one because this seems this this makes me wonder. Well, may, does man have three parts? Does man have three parts? Yeah, and honestly, I'm okay if if they. I think you could say that they do have three parts, but understanding that the terms for two of those parts often are used interchangeably. Does that make sense? Yeah. That I think you could say, like Paul does here, there is a body, soul, and spirit uh, separately, but soul and spirit are, are oftentimes uh, one said for the other, just talking about the immaterial side uh, of us. I, I was As I was pondering this, trying to think of a way to, to make it make sense for our, our modern audience. For, for me? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought about I thought about this this analogy, and um, it's if you press it too hard, it's not going to be perfect, but uh, may maybe it's helpful. What if we viewed um, the world like like a a a video game, like a um, massively multiplayer online role playing game, that kind of thing? Maybe something like like. Uh, um, What's what's that one that uh, a lot of the kids are playing now? I don't let my kids play it. Um, uh, it's real popular. Fortnite. Yes, okay. Fortnite. Yeah. Fortnite, or um, you know the Minecraft stuff. My yeah. my kids do do love that. So I, so you're all in this this world with a bunch of other real people, right? That are that are there interacting, and so your your avatar in this world is kind of like our physical body. And the the spirit might sort of be like your controller. This is the way that you you control that physical body. It's the, it's the way you um, move it around in this world. You know, if your controller comes unplugged or something like that, then your avatar in a game is just going to stop. It's just it's just standing there dead. Um, 
and then maybe the the player is the soul in this this concept. So the your soul is the is actually you. It's the one making the decisions. It's the, it's the one that's really in control, and uh, the spirit is the the means for that control. And the the avatar, the body, is how it's interacting in the world where you're 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 living uh, for for this illustration. Um, I don't know if that's helpful or if that just made it more complicated. Um, I don't well, know. it didn't hurt anything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, you lost me at, you know, you're talking about being in a, a video game. Back in my day, it was just me and Pac-Man. Yeah. You know, we were competing against each other. I mean, no, he then. was eating spirits. Yeah. I mean, right. Yeah, well, that's true. Well, that's with true. me and him were trying to whoop the ghost. That's <laughs> right. what I, that's yeah. thing I remember. Well, this world's a, a very complexly coded video game. Yeah, it's yeah. not me. I just wanted to, I had to come up with a quarter. That's all I had to do. Right. But, but here, here's – so this is a confusing topic, uh-huh. and I don't know that we're ever going to be able to nail down something definitive on it. Right. But what we do know is for the sake of our eternal destinations, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, this, this is not some sort of uh, fellowship issue. Doctrinal. Doctrine, well, I mean, it, I guess it is a doctrine, but it's, it's not, not a salvation It's issue. not a salvational type of issue. Now, there are some wacky ideas – some some false doctrines that may depend upon a particular interpretation of this, but n- neither interpretation of this question demands a false doctrine. Does that make sense? So when we die, uh-huh. do, are we hoping that our soul is in heaven or our spirit is in heaven? <clears throat> you know, um, I've even come across some that define the soul as the body plus the spirit and think that those together equal uh, the, the soul. Um, so there's so many different ideas about what yeah. the soul is, and the Bible doesn't really completely clearly define it for us, other than it does clearly teach that there is something about us apart from this physical world that's going to live on after after this life. And I believe that we'll have a, a material body in in heaven as well. And, and of course, I mean, you, you and I both were just, we just both said that it's not really necessarily a, a salvation issue, mm-hmm. but I do, and I think that's why we're taking our time this afternoon to do this. It definitely is an informational issue uh, because, I mean, I'm just going to give you just very little information, uh, but I learned recently of a term at a youth event uh, entitled um, the teacher or the people on the panel they referred to soul sleeping, mm-hmm. and that was very concerning for me. That and to me, I'll be honest with you. I think it's very. It's just my opinion. Doesn't represent soul training. Doesn't represent Joe. Represent Joe, you or anybody. But to me, that's very dangerous to push out that idea that you're like old Rover. You're dead all over. You know that when when you die. And this idea of soul sleeping was presented at a youth event. Mm-hmm that that really was concerning with no explanation. And I wasn't there. I, you know, my children were not there. They're beyond that age. But, you know, where I, when I first heard about that term of soul sleeping, I've always, it bothered me. And I always go to Luke 16, and I won't read this, but verses 19 through 31. Of course, it's the rich man and Lazarus. Right. And I've always taken great comfort from... You know, there again, some scholars say it's not a parable. Others, you know, so there's a little there's a little division there in the scholarship. But to me, it's 
it, it's documented for a reason. We get to pull back the curtain, or the curtain's pulled back for us, that we get to see what happens when we are expire here on Earth. Mm-hmm. Is that there is awareness that takes place. So right. there isn't a there is a you know I, I'm starting to get on a soapbox, but there is a, a reason to understand the soul and spirit because even within our brotherhood, generally speaking, there's this idea that's being pushed to our youth that's false. You know, because because you look, you clearly look at Luke sixteen, the rich man and Lazarus. There is no, there's no sleeping there. Both the rich man and Lazarus are, are yeah. aware. And the thief on the cross too. Jesus mm-hmm. said, "You'll be with me today in paradise." Mm-hmm. So it's it, it's important, you know, to if you kind of chase that rabbit too. Yeah. Well, I think that's probably all the damage that we have time to do on that. I don't know. <laughs> we might have just confused <laughs> folks more, and. Um, we can do another episode if we need to follow up on that. But that's a that soul and spirit. That's a it's a it's a tricky one. But we do have one more question we were going to answer. Another listener question, and uh, this is a follow up to our uh, <clears throat> episode that we did with uh, Scott Bradford, Elders and Umbrellas. In that episode, we mentioned that the way that the New Testament church is configured is there's no like overseeing body other than just the eldership at local congregations. There's no convention or Vatican or something like that where um, a body of folks are are looking after a church 2,000 miles away or something like that. But we got a question about that, and I'm just going to read the text. Joe, just listen to your latest podcast on the eldership. There is one example of a group that appeared to have some sort of influence beyond the local church. That was the Jerusalem Council. This is the one that sent a letter with some minimal instructions to the Gentile churches. Comments? I thought, you know what? That's a great question. We should look at this, and we should uh, finish up this episode talking about the Jerusalem Council there, which all this is found in Acts 15 is what the Jerusalem Council's talked we, about. We made one tackle, and we're about to make another one. We're going to ta- well, yeah, we, we might have missed that first tackle. I don't know. But we're going to make we're going to make another tackle here. That's right. Okay, so the Jerusalem Council, first of all, preface by saying the scripture does not call it the Jerusalem Council. That's something that Maybe you have a heading in your Bible that uses yeah. that term. Maybe um, it, it's it's a kind of an accommodative term. It's the way people have referred to what is taking place there. But the Bible itself does not refer to this as a council. So what's taking place is the church is beginning to grow in the, the Gentile world. We're getting these these Gentile Christians, and you know the at the very beginning the church everybody were were, were Jews, right? So once it once Cornelius becomes a Christian, and then the the gospel is is being spread more and more among the Gentiles, people are beginning to wrestle with. Okay, at the beginning we were all Jews, then we became Christians. So now, what what do we do with these new Gentile Christians? Do they need to become Jews first before they can become Christians? You know, are they going to need to be circumcised? Are they going to need to keep the the cultural aspects of Judaism? What's essentially Christian? What's just a part of our Jewish heritage? Um, so. Dealing with those those Gentile Christians was the the first big controversy that the church is really having to to struggle with. So you had this uh, this meeting in Jerusalem, 
in uh, verse 6, lets us know that it was the apostles and the elders that came together to look into this matter. And you've got, you know, Paul's there, Peter's there, other apostles are there, and they're discussing this matter. James, the, the brother of Jesus, is uh, an elder of the church in Jerusalem, and he figures prominently into this. And so they ultimately conclude that what they need to do with these new uh, these Gentile Christians is they don't have to become Jews. They don't have to do all the other uh, Jewish type of things. Um, there are just three things we're going to ask from them. One is that they uh, refrain from eating uh, things contaminated by idols, and they abstain from fornication, and abstain from uh, consuming blood or, or things strangled, which I consider that to be the, the same issue because things strangled haven't been bled. The the blood is still uh, there in the meat. Uh, so anyway, that's not really important for this conversation, just the fact that we have these three things that they're going to ask. All right, so then they write their letter about it, and in verse 28 is, is key here in letting us know that this was not just a bunch of elders getting together and deciding what was best for them. Verse 28 says, For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us, to lay upon you no greater burden than these essentials that you do the three things that I just mentioned. So this was the the judgment of the Holy Spirit. That's something that elderships today do not have the benefit of having that direct inspiration to where they would be able to to issue edicts that would be enforceable in in all the congregations. Uh, So there's there's no par- modern parallel because we don't have apostles today to, to bring that. We don't have that that inspiration currently going on to do that. Um, so there, there's not a modern equivalent to that. Having said that, it's entirely appropriate for <laughs> <laughs> it's entirely appropriate for church leaders to get together to study current issues that are going on. You know, hey, how are you guys handling this hot topic that's that's hot in our culture? All these churches are having to deal with it. Well, I'll give you an example. Yeah. We just came through a worldwide pandemic. Yes. And so what I've noticed through traveling and traveling during that time is a lot of congregations kind of follow up the same safety things. They all use the same little communion packet things. Right. Somebody was talking then. The elders had to have been talking or looking up online different ways of communicating with Yeah, there's some communication, some counsel. What are you doing? What's working? I think even now, I mean, we have friends, you know, who go out and they conduct, you know, seminars. Mm -hmm. You know, or they'll hire, you know, somebody for a Friday, Saturday. Or, you know, that person, they wouldn't, most of the guys I know who do that do not refer to themselves as experts or consultants. They're just kind of coaches or facilitator. Maybe they specialize, you know, our friends. Ron and Don Williams, they've dedicated their life studying and talking, helping people with grief. So if you need some, if you have a grief issue or you want to learn more, be better in that area, you bring those guys in or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And But you, you bring in, not that you're connecting yourself to a headquarters or, or bringing yourself into a, a group of consultants or anything like right. that, but you just kind of, it's sharing ideas. You yeah. Know, it, 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 you know, you, if I want to learn more about inner city you know, missions, I can't do it because we don't live in an inner city. So, mm-hmm. but we can learn from them. So let's bring a guy down in, you know, an inner city area, let him come in and talk to us for a Friday and Saturday, and, you know, pay some, you know, take care of expenses and hey, come and give us, share some information with us. Right. Um, and so you're not having authority from one eldership being instituted over other 
congregations and over other elderships or anything like that. Um, but maybe, uh, maybe the elders of the South Green Street Church, they're trying to figure out what to do with, with COVID and, and all that stuff. So they meet, um, they go and talk to elderships and other uh, congregations nearby and, and sort of counsel about what they're doing. They decide what they're going to do for South Green Street, and they come back and it's not that this council of, of elders has decreed this. The it's, council of elders. Right. It's not that. <laughs> it's, okay, we, we've discussed it, and we think that here at South Green Street, this is what we're going to so do. Just gather, gather a little information. So yeah, did. sure. So what you're saying is this was co- probably, and uh, this council, so to speak, was not something that met regularly. They might have met a few times during the early part of the church when they're incorporating um, Gentiles into Christianity mm-hmm. for the first time, and they had some big things that they need to make sure they're all on the same page. Yeah, this but, was a special meeting for sure. Okay. So uh, we were right then on our elders and umbrellas mm-hmm. that there still is no biblical authority for some huge umbrella organization to have congregations all over the place. That's right. right. That's right. In essence, like the Vatican yeah. and the Pope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that okay. you don't have a, a group of elders over a region. You don't. Yeah. It's still still local. Well, and the elders were there, like you said, at this so-called Jerusalem council. Mm-hmm. Um, so, well, that's pretty much— Could be just a Jerusalem get-together. Sure. You think they, you think it was a potluck? Potluck? <laughs> I mean, we're known for that, right? I mean, <laughs> the, the Jerusalem potluck. That's why, that's why I'm in such great physical condition right now. Yeah. I mean, all these potlucks. You don't I make bet any... there was just unleavened bread as far as the eye can see. Crock pot, chicken, and dressing. Yeah, maybe. Man, <laughs> I wonder what's in a, in a Jerusalem casserole. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I bet don't it, know. I bet they rack, keep it all wrapped up, don't they? Right. Uh, there wasn't a lot of pig. Was... No, not, not in the Jerusalem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, you go to, to the, the Rome potluck, maybe there's some pig. It's all pig. It's all pig. Yeah. Okay. Hey, I hear, the, I hear the dinner bell ringing now. That's right. All right, all right. All right. <laughs> Um, okay, so that was two hot topics. So, uh, guys, listeners, if um, you have questions you'd like for us to uh, try to tackle uh, or just discuss, wrestle with, whatever, we love hearing from our listeners and want to deal with those things as much as possible. Um, are you raising your – you have – He's a, that's a victory dance. Okay, of, of okay. Alan's. Alan was over there. He had his hand stuck up in the air. I wasn't sure. I thought maybe he was indicating to me he <laughs> had something else a, to chime in. A medical emergency. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, I'm not choking on anything. I'm not okay. eating candy. <laughs> that's good. Um, anyway, so again, dear listener, thank you for letting us be a part of your spiritual journey. We want to thank the elders at the South Green Street Church of Christ for making this old training podcast possible. Uh, and on behalf of Alan and Joe, I'm Daniel. So until next time, keep soul training. Got soul training. Time to practice what you preach. Ooh, yeah. Yes, we do. We've got soul training. To learn more, you can email us at soultrainingpodcast at gmail.com or you can write to us. P.O. Box 503, Glasgow, Kentucky, 42142. That's soul training.